Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Leslie Ann Williams is a speech-language pathologist in private practice located in Gaithersburg, Maryland. She started her private practice after working in skilled nursing facilities because she wanted to build a life with more freedom and flexibility in mind. I've gotten to know Leslie Ann inside of the Start Your Private Practice program, and it has been wonderful to watch her start her practice and start to grow it. In this episode, she talks about her background growing up in Trinidad, her goal of growing her private practice to the full-time level, and she talks about the importance of networking when it comes to attracting clients. If you've been thinking about starting your private practice and you want to hear how one of the students in the START program has done it, this is a must-listen episode, so stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. So before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? My name is Leslie Ann Williams. I am located in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I serve Montgomery County, Maryland. And the name of my practice is Integra Speech LLC. I am so excited to have you on, Leslie Ann. I have gotten to know you a little bit in the Start Your Private Practice program, where I always love your posts. You're a frequent contributor of like lessons you've learned, things you've tried, you know, whether they have, have worked or not worked. I feel like you're just kind of a cheerleader in the group. So I'm so excited that you agreed to come on and share your story about how you ended up in private practice and how things are going. But before we talk about that, can you please take us back to the beginning of your career and how you got started as a speech pathologist? And then when did you start thinking about private practice? If you hear a little bit of an accent, it's because I'm originally from Trinidad and Tobago. And when I was a teenager, I initially wanted to study medicine. I wanted to be a bilingual cardiologist, but decided not to choose that career path, but uh, I still wanted to be involved in the medical field. So I literally knew what university I wanted to go to. 
looked through allied health sciences, read about speech pathology, decided that's what I wanted to do. At that time, I did not know anybody who was a speech pathologist on the island. I'm sure that there were very few of them. Um, if any, at the time, there were no undergraduate or graduate programs. So that brought me to the U.S. to study. And I have loved it ever since. I have no regrets. And after grad school, after my CF, I did end up going back to Trinidad just because of some immigration things that came up. And that's where I got my feet wet in private practice. I contacted the speech therapists who were on the island. There were eight of them at the time. And um, one of them happened to be on maternity leave and she was looking someone to cover her clients. So I worked two days with her at her office. And then one of my former teacher colleagues, I met her randomly uh, somewhere in the community. She said she had vocal nodules. She was going to an ENT. And I told her that she'd be referred to a speech-language therapist. I'm not sure that she quite believed me because, like many people, she didn't really understand what speech therapists do. But the ENT did exactly what I told her. And so she, at that moment, she said, I know a speech therapist who just came back to the country. And he was so excited because all the other speech therapists on the island worked primarily with children and they had a long waiting list. He, so we connected. He said, I have an empty office in my suite. I can rent that out to you. You can work, you can use my receptionists and I will send all my patients to you. And so I worked with adults and kids part time. Well, that is so cool. Right. So like what an opportunity. So that's what I'm talking about, listeners, where sometimes you can fill a tremendous need for your community and people are so happy to have you there. Right. Doctors and, you know, physicians and all kinds of people, they need people to refer to. And there's just not enough SLPs and OTs out there, but especially those in private practice for people to get referred to. So how cool, Leslie Ann. That this whole situation unfolded and allowed you to get your feet wet in private practice. Yeah, yes. Um, at the time, though, I, I had just had my clinical fellowship experience, and there were other experiences that I felt I needed before I could really serve my clients well. So I came back to the U.S., spent a couple years in the schools, and then transitioned to skilled nursing which is where I did my clinical fellowship. Since then, I've just, I've been in skilled nursing. I worked uh, in um, assisted living facilities, continuing care retirement communities, and I still do PRN while I build my practice. But at the beginning of 2021, I came across your um, Stock Your Private Practice program on social media. And um that was a point in time where I was really feeling down and out because my ultimate goal was to get into acute care. And, you know, it's very competitive and then transitioning from skilled nursing to acute care can be very challenging because they want clinicians who have acute care experience. I didn't have that. So I came across your program and I just went for it. Uh, that was January 2021. Then in June 2021, I had major surgery 
And while I was recovering, I dove into the modules. I registered my business. <laughs> and then I started, you know, building the foundation, um, getting a website together and things like that, getting all my ducks in a row. And then in 2022, I started seeing patients through an independent contract with a home health company. And in by March uh, 2022, I had my first client, uh, my first direct client who was referred from a physical therapist. So literally, I dropped information off at the PT's office on, I can't remember what day of the week it was. Then the next day, I got a call from a client that they referred. Listeners, this is a tremendous story in like some things seemingly weren't working out, right? Like your major desire to be in acute care, right? But it led you to kind of starting this practice. And it's interesting, Leslie, and that you mentioned that you joined the program, but you didn't dive in right away, right? You had you know, surgery, you had a couple of other things. And listeners, sometimes that happens, right? That's one of the reasons why we offer ongoing access to the program is because sometimes life gets in the way, right? But you came back to it, right? You came back to it. You got yourself registered. You you know set yourself up as an independent contractor and like we're able to see people through the um, assisted living or skilled nursing. And then you got your first client. That is awesome. Been an exciting journey. It, the journey has been, well, my growth has been slower than I would have liked it to be. And it's easy to compare yourself to other practitioners who, you know, are able to transition to full-time practice within like a month or two. I'm still not full-time right now. I am seeing about, I have what, six sessions a week in addition to my PRN work. But I'm realizing that my practice is growing as quickly as I need it to grow because I am a solo practitioner and doing everything, um, learning insurance, learning Medicare, just doing all the admin. It takes a lot of time. I also, one of my goals is really to connect with other businesses and providers in the community because I don't have that built-in referral network that I did have when I worked in field nursing. And just networking is like a job of its own that requires special skills. And so learning all of that, I think would have been even more challenging if I was doing that and seeing, uh, having 24 sessions a week, which is my goal. I'm just learning to Go with the flow, go with the process, trust the process. And um, this year, it's just been really exciting to see the seeds that I've been planting all along, finally sprouting and enjoying um, just connecting with other therapists, other members of the Start Your Private Practice Program um, and other, you know, PTs, OTs, home, home care um, provided in the community. So, um, well, and I love that. So the key, I'm, I'm connecting a couple dots, um, for myself and for the listeners and maybe you too. Like, remember when you were back in Trinidad, right? And in Tobago, you had that one ENT who said like, Leslie Ann, you're awesome. I'm going to send all of my clients to you. Right. 
the key to building your private practice, especially more specialty private practices, adult private practices, is to kind of get that same thing going again, where one or two physicians, specialists, you know, neurologists, home health companies, whatever, they get to know you and you get on their radar and you do what I call become the one, right? You become the one that they refer to. And that is one of the best ways to grow a caseload for people who are specialty providers, because it's a little harder for clinicians with your type of practice to like post in Facebook groups, right? That's one thing that works really well for pediatric practices, doesn't always work quite as well for adult practices. So I love that you're already talking about networking and getting to know, you know, other allied health professionals and physicians and specialists. Because that is the key to growing from six clients to that 24 that you're looking for. Yes. Working with the adult population is more challenging because I feel like if I worked with children as well, I would have a full caseload by now because I've gotten a lot of calls from parents. But working with adults, neuro, just individuals who have, um, you know, stroke, dementia, Parkinson's, that niche can be uh, more challenging to get your name out there, get on the social workers and case managers and the physician radars. So I'm just here putting in all the light work and, you know, beginning to see the benefits of that. Totally. And you said something else um, earlier about like planting seeds, right? And that's really what marketing is all about. There's sometimes where you drop off a flyer and the next day you get a phone call, right? So that did happen, right? And so you know that that can happen. But more often, it's kind of like you, you're you nurturing relationships, just like, and I'm like not a plant person, so I really shouldn't be using a plant-based analogy. But nonetheless, it's like you're, you have to cultivate that relationship and you have to plant the seeds and you know that some of them will grow and some of them won't. It's a little bit more of a numbers game when you are still developing relationships with people in your area that can send you clients. But remember that your ideal clients are also other people's ideal clients. So go out there and find the other people who love Parkinson's, who love stroke, who love you know dementia or swallowing or all of the things you love. And that's their people too. And they are going to be looking for people to send to just like that original ENT, you know, way back when. Yeah. And actually that has happened. Um, I have, I remember last year, so I offer uh, Speak Out, which is the intense voice program for patients with Parkinson's disease. And I went to the LSVT big directory and literally called all the occupational and physical therapists in my area who offer LSBT being introduced myself. And through that, I formed a connection with an occupational therapist who she's also mobile. She also runs a rock steady Parkinson's boxing class. And she specializes in uh, working with persons with Parkinson's disease. So she has niched down. And so we communicate pretty frequently. She has invited me to speak at her Parkinson's support group. And that was a really good experience. That solidified my idea for my second business or my second stream of income, which is related (laughs) 
related, but had a slightly different twist. And um, I refer patients to her um, regularly that are appropriate. I also connect with other speech therapists who are mobile, who work with adults. And so I just, I'm really enjoying forming that kind of network. We refer to each other, you know, because I may, I, like yesterday I met a patient or person who has a voice impairment. Now, I don't work with straight voice. I work with voice loss related to Parkinson's disease. So I referred that person to another speech therapist who works with more voice clients. I really am enjoying building this network. Yeah, I love it. Hi there, Jenna Castro-Casbon here, and I hope that you're loving the episode so far. Chances are you've been listening to this podcast for a while and soaking up a ton of information from myself and our guests, and it's time to make the shift from dreaming to doing and go from inspiration to implementation. Successful private practices don't build themselves. At The Independent Clinician, we help regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners using our proven systems. No more guessing, no more Googling, no more sleepless nights stressing about legalities. We can help you just like we've helped the guests featured on this show. They didn't guess or stress their way through private practice. Instead, they got step-by-step help along the way, and we're excited to help you too. If you need help to get set up and started with private clients on the side, the Start Your Private Practice program is perfect for you. If you've already started and you want to transition into full-time private practice and be successful once you're there, the Grow Your Private Practice program is your next step. To learn more about our programs, go to independentclinician.com. Now back to the episode. You're really in the building phase and I promise like keep going and like the clients will start to come because there are just fewer adult private practices, right? There's fewer adults who need speech therapy services, right? It's much more common for kids to need speech therapy. And so that's one of the reasons why there are more, you know, pediatric clinics and whatnot. Adults, Mm -hmm. there's just less of them. But the cool thing is, is that when you open an adult focused private practice, you really do have an opportunity to be like a big fish in a small ocean. You just have to make sure that other people are knowing about you and you're doing exactly the right things to get the word out about your private practice. So what would you say that you're, other than to work up to that 24 clients, right? What are some of your goals for the next, let's say, 6 to 12 months when it comes to your practice? Oh, 6 to 12 months. Grow to full time. Um, Now, I do live in Maryland where there, there are many like hospitals with outpatient clinics. And there are actually quite a few mobile adult focused providers. So my goal is to become known in my area, um, for people to know who I am, become one of their referral resources and to be able to grow to 24 sessions a week. That will be full time for me, which was four days a week. And Friday will be a administration slash work on my other business day. And once I have a consistent flow of of science, I would like to hire an assistant because it is very hard to see clients, do marketing, do billing, navigate insurance and all the wonderful things that come with 
speaking in private practice and to do them well at the same time. So that is one of my goals to hire an assistant. And um, I would like to really start my second business so that I can begin building that as a second source of income throughout my work in skilled nursing and assisted living facilities and interacting with clients and their families. I realized that, first of all, people don't understand how the healthcare system works and they don't understand, you know, dementia. Sometimes they don't understand the full scope of how a stroke may affect someone and they don't understand the connection between the whole body and what we do as speech pathologists. So they may say, oh, I just had a carotid endarterectomy. Why do I need a speech therapist? So I am just interacting with patients and especially presenting at that Parkinson's support group. I realized that I really love educating the public about health, about wellness, about the disorders that speech language pathologists treat. And um, I want to approach health and wellness through the lens of a speech language pathologist. So that's the second business. So the second business, it sounds like, is about education and advocacy. Yes, and public health. And I want to keep them separate because I'm beginning with the end in mind. Um, I think one of your former episodes, you spoke with a, I think it was a financial coach or I can't remember. Probably Craig Goldslogger of Craig, yep. And he talked about having an exit plan. And so I'm thinking if I build the, the long-term goal is to grow my practice, have a couple clinicians work with me. I don't really want a huge clinic, but I want to grow my practice so that it can still function if I'm not physically here. Because one of the reasons I started the practice was because I need the flexibility. Uh, my mom... She's been her late 70s and she is still in Trinidad with no plans of moving here. And I would not want to move her to a country that she is not familiar with, you know, in her senior years. So I need my practice to run without me here where I could manage it from another country if I need to for short periods of time. And then I need a business that will also generate income for me and that I can work on anywhere in the world because I've spent a lot of time away from my mom pursuing my speech pathology dream. And especially because of the work that I do, quality time with the ones that I love has become of even more importance to me. So that's the goal. And if I need to sell my private practice years down the road, I want to be able to just sell, okay, say I can sell this, but I'll keep this business. So that's still a long-term role. I love that so much. And listeners, listen to how she's thinking like a business owner. And like she's thinking about creating a business where you have control over like what days you work and how much you work and where you work from. You can't really do that if you work in a traditional setting like a school or a hospital or a SNF or even someone else's private practice, Right. Leslie Ann is already, you know, like she said, starting with the end in mind and thinking, how can I create something that works for my life, but also my family's life, right? Meaning your mom 
but that you also have this like financial exit plan worked out where you can sell the business. And private practices are sellable assets, you guys. That's why I'm so serious about teaching people how to have legitimate businesses that are sellable, right? Because if you're just like winging it and like putting it together, just DIYing your way through private practice, you're probably not going to have a sellable asset, right? And so Leslie Ann, you're creating something that is really solid and that you will be able to sell one day so that you can travel and you can you know, be with your mom and still be making money in the meantime. That is the long-term goal. I think you mentioned the Fs. I can't remember how, they, how many they were. Freedom, finances, flexibility, wealth. I mean, I think in the, especially when you're just starting your entrepreneur journey, the freedom, the financial stability and the flexibility uh, don't come immediately. But I am sure that they will in the long term, if I keep putting in the work, then all the hard work will pay off and then I'll be able to have autonomy over my, well, more autonomy over my time. That's the long-term goal and be financially stable because that is one of the top goals as well. Yeah. Yeah. Financially, like, and again, we don't, most people don't like go into this profession to make money, but the reality is, is that people need money, right? And our profession is a wonderful profession. Like we have master's degrees or higher, and yet a lot of us aren't paid particularly well unless you go out and work for yourself. So I'm obviously a huge proponent of people taking their financial future into their own hands through private practice and through owning your own business or businesses as you have plans for. And so I thank you so much for sharing your story. Before we sign off, are there any last minute words of wisdom for anyone who's listening to this who may be thinking, oh my gosh, like she is so inspirational, but I don't know if I could do this. Well, I can share a couple of things that I am learning. One, everybody's journey is different and it's important to learn to accept your own journey while celebrating the successes of others. So it, it can be challenging at times to avoid comparing myself to other private practitioners who especially those who work with the pediatric population, because they post in the group, they started the practice, they shared with one mom, and then they were full in a month or two. That has not been my journey. However, I realized that my practice is growing at a pace that is just right for me. So learn to accept your journey, the ups and the downs. I know sometimes I post about hard or challenging things that have happened. I'm always looking for the lesson because I know entrepreneurship is a challenging journey. It's a very fulfilling and rewarding journey, but it's a challenging journey. And sometimes those downs can be very discouraging, but I'm learning to celebrate the little things and appreciate my own journey for what it is. Because my journey is my journey and it will be like no one else's. And second, I would recommend that you tap anybody who's an entrepreneur that they lean into their community. 
So whether it's your speech therapy community, whether it's your friends and family, whether you know other entrepreneurs who may be in a different field, but who have good advice and good knowledge that they can share and they're willing to share it with you, I would say lean into them, lean into the communities around you. So I have a group of friends and family that I share ups and downs with them. They help encourage me when things get tough. And I have, in addition to the Start Your Private Practice group, I talk to my cousin. He's also an entrepreneur. He has a totally different type of company and he's very successful, but he's good at networking. So I talk to him about tips. and How do you navigate networking? Because I have not, that's something I've very limited experience with. And then I am a perfectionist, which means that I procrastinate. And so to help keep me accountable and keep me doing things in a timely manner, I meet with a friend of mine who is an entrepreneur. He's in the tech industry, but he's been in business for over 25 years. And so we meet from time to time. I tell him what my goals are. And then I, you know, follow up with him to let him know when I met my goals or when I haven't met my goals. You know, he helped me. He helped guide me through building the website and things like that. So I've learned to tap, to lean into the communities and even online. I listen to podcasts. I joined um, mymentortiffany.com. Tiffany Alice has multiple businesses and she's doing what I want to do. She isn't a speech pathologist, but in terms of how she runs her businesses and how she is learning to, to structure her business so that she can still live and spend time with those she loves, I want to do that. So I tap into all of these resources. And I think sometimes the speech therapist, we get focused on only the speech therapy resources where there may be other people in our community that, you know, have good knowledge and experience that if they're willing to share can be very helpful in helping us grow our own businesses. So that would be my encouragement and recommendation. I love that. I love that. I love that you're thinking about, you know, using all of the resources at your disposal, right? Because there are certain times when you want to lean into industry specific resources, right? Mm -hmm. So whether it's, you know, clinical education or business education specifically for SLP practices, but then also you're absolutely right. Like, you know, learning how to do some more networking, like with your cousin and that kind of stuff. I think that's awesome. So, you know, right now you have six clients. You've got this goal of 24. Keep networking. Keep putting yourself out there. Keep, you know, educating your community about who you serve and how you serve them. And you will grow, right? You will get there to that goal. And then you'll hopefully, you know, again, have that those F words, right? The freedom, flexibility, fulfillment, and financial independence that you desire and deserve. And before we sign off, where can people learn more about you either, you know, on a website or, you know, Instagram or wherever? Okay. So my website is www.integraspeech.com. I'm sure Jenna will put that in the show notes. My practice is Integra Speech LLC. That's I-N-T-E-G-R-A Speech LLC. And on social media, I'm on Facebook at Integra Speech LLC. 
And I am on Instagram as the brown eyed SLP. I choose not to do an integrous speech page because I have so many other pages. It's too much for me to manage. And the brown eyed SLP is where I will be more active. And that's what I plan to grow as my, or use to grow my second business. Love it. I love it. So everyone who's listening, you know, connect with Leslie Ann. But again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story and keep growing. And then hopefully we can have you on in, you know, six months or a year or so for a Where Is She Now episode. And we can hear all about your growth. Thank you, Jenna. That's my next goal. (laughs) Thank you again. Okay. Don't you just love Leslie Ann? I love how determined she is to have a private practice that allows her to have more control over her life so she can have more flexibility and freedom that will allow her to spend more time with her family. Leslie Ann is the perfect example of someone who had a dream and is going for it. If you would like to learn more about our programs and how we support SLPs and OTs across the private practice journey, just like we've helped Leslie Ann, please visit independentclinician.com. As always, thank you for listening, and please tune in next week for another episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. Till then! Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.